Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score. Richard, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Guys, we had an interesting um, discussion here as we were brainstorming about what uh, exactly we're going to break down in this episode and you know just to give everybody a little bit of context and maybe if you're listening to the show for the first time uh, Richard and I have been credit consultants now since 2006 uh, prior to that we both worked at a debt collection agency and a lot of our our knowledge and insight that we bring to the consumer credit consulting space comes from being in the debt collection industry you're giving them too much information Well, or seeming old already. Well, I'm trying to provide everybody <laughs> I'm trying to provide everybody context for this episode. <clears throat> and uh, essentially what we've realized or noticed over the last 12 years is as we've been I mean we've literally seen tens of thousands of credit reports probably. Oh, ridiculous amounts. And and therefore we've also had heartfelt one-to-one conversations with the people that we're consulting over the years. And we've realized almost, you know, by accident that we can tell when someone has what we consider an 850 credit score mindset versus somebody that does not have an 850 credit score mindset. And we've kind of broken that down over the past episodes and we've referred to subliminally to people with an 850 mindset as good credit Joe. Um, and you know, you can juxtapose that with people who don't have an 850 mindset with bad credit Joe. And bad credit Joe pays more for everything. Um, but there's there's key indicators in their mindsets. Everybody likes a good cup of Joe. Don't be bad cup of Joe. <laughs> you know, and, and so we thought that maybe that would be a valuable discussion to somebody who's clearly listening to the show, trying to get financial advice. Um, and, and maybe some of these things will resonate with them. And hopefully you're not bad credit Joe. And if you do fall in bad credit Joe categories, uh, you can kind of take a look in the mirror and realize that this mindset that you that you have or these habits that you've put yourself in will continue to put you in bad credit territory. Um, and then, you know, think about what good credit Joe will do. You know, it's like, remember those lanyards that would say, what would Jesus do or yes. WWJD? You know, what would Good Credit Joe do in this situation? And, and we don't want you guys thinking that, you know, if, if you look at uh, what we're discussing, you hear what we're discussing, you know, and, and you start self-reflecting, we don't want you to feel like we're insulting you. All we're doing is discussing what we've noticed uh, these 13 years based on the conversations we've had with our clients. Um, so... Don't take it personally. We're just trying to get you into the right mindset so that you can be that 850 mindset. Absolutely, because it is all it all it does all start with a mindset, meaning that you kind of have to make some some serious sacrifices sometimes to have good credit. And and a lot of the times people don't make the mindset or don't make the sacrifices with the intention of having good credit. It's just built into their DNA. Um, so one of the very first good examples that we can come up with are people that dislike debt, people that immediately get rid of debt if they acquire it, or people that will prefer not to acquire debt uh, for a short-term gratification and would rather build up to it and and therefore buy whatever they're wanting to buy on credit, buy it for it cash, and, and, and instead of committing themselves to some type of new monthly debt, paying interest on the debt, et cetera, et cetera. A very good example that we were talking about as we were brainstorming for 
before the show were just of everyday common use cell phones. So give us a little story on bad credit Joe versus good credit Joe when it comes to cell phones. Okay. So good credit Joe generally is going to go into this looking towards the future. He's going to look at all possible outcomes and he's going to make a decision based on all the information he gathers. For example, he's going to go into the cell phone store, whether it's AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint, whatever you use. And he's going to obtain a new phone because he needs service. He's going to purchase the phone that he likes and then he's going to get a service that's going to be best for him. Generally, he doesn't, I mean, everyone cares about the price, but he's going to look at all the options. This plan, plan A, may cost me a little bit more up front, but it's going to give me a limited everything. I'll never have to worry about overages. Okay, I'm also going to do things to protect my phone, such as I'm going to pay a little extra for the insurance and I'm probably going to buy a case to protect my phone because he understands that this is a valuable tool and the last thing he wants to do is pay for it again. Bad credit, Joe, you know, they generally want instant gratification and he generally wants to try to save buck short term. He's going to go to the same cell phone carrier. He's going to get whatever phone he feels like getting because it's, you know, it looks good and he's going to get the plan that's going to save him the most up front. It's, I'm generalizing, but it's what we tend to see. You know, It's not always the case. It just happens more often than not. He's not going to buy insurance because it's going to cost him more up front, and who knows if he's going to buy a good protective case. Sometimes he might just buy like a little screen. Well, guess what happens? You know, Good credit Joe drops his phone, but he has a, a good case, protects his phone. He doesn't have to worry about it. And even if it does break, his, insur his insurance is going to cover the replacement of the phone. He's been protected. Whereas bad credit Joe, he didn't buy that insurance because it was going to cost him a couple hundred extra bucks. And he didn't buy the case because it was going to cost him more money. Phone breaks. Guess what happens? He loses his phone. What does bad credit Joe do? He'll go to the cell phone provider. He'll attempt to argue that his phone's broken and that he shouldn't have to pay for services. Then he's just going to drop his service and then he's going to go to next provider because he, did, he didn't get what he wanted. He didn't think things through. He didn't plan things out. And he just wanted what he felt was the right choice at the time. And voila, he's got a new collection. We've seen credit reports over the years and consulted people over the years who, when you look at their credit report, they literally owe all the major cell phone providers money. Like they will literally have a collection at AT&T, then Verizon, then Sprint, then T-Mobile. Um, and currently they may have a cell phone under somebody else's name. Like, like right? Boost Mobile's popular here or and, Metro PCS. And, and so you, you have the situation where they, they, that just, that exactly happened. They went to a new carrier because they could upgrade early and they just ditched their old carrier, but they didn't take care of the bill. They didn't close it out correctly or they lost their phone, broke their phone. So they... They didn't have money to afford a new phone, so they stopped paying for their cell phone provider. And now that cell phone provider sends them to collections, and now they're in bad credit territory. And now they're going to pay for pay more for everything. Um, so I think that the moral of that story is that generally a good credit Joe will have the mindset of risk mitigation. He will understand the risk that he's entering when he's in, entering into a, a cell phone service contract. And he'll try to mitigate his risk so that he doesn't get caught with his pants down and unable to make his monthly payments or unable to get a new cell phone, you know, and there's, uh, there's, I guess the point of the story is mitigating the risk. Good credit Joe thinks of mitigating risk, maybe perhaps buying an insurance or perhaps buying a case and, and, you know, keeping his phone for two or three years instead of trying to upgrade every year. You know, you, you got these little, 
um, actions and that that are thought before action and, and, and the thoughts go into mitigating risk. Um, and you can mitigate risk in other ways. You don't necessarily have to mitigate risk through a cell phone insurance. Sure. You know, you, you, you can have a backup phone and that could be uh, a way that you mitigate risk. Um, so there, there's the point of that is understanding, forethought. understanding risk and, you know, understanding that I'm, I'm this is, there's possible upside here, possible downside. Which one am I more comfortable with? Uh, generally, good credit Joes are much more comfortable with the sure way, the way that will will um, watch their back most of the time. And, and we, you know, we can juxtapose that with now moving on to a, a car loan purchase. And in our one of our best performing episodes is people with bad credit pay more for everything. We give a very good example as to how good credit Joe and bad credit Joe pay for cars differently. And when you when a, a very simple concept that we can bring over to the car scenario is uh, good credit Joe buys a, a car with gap insurance, bad credit Joe skips the gap insurance, right? Um, so for those of you guys that may be unfamiliar with gap insurance, it very simply is all it is is it covers a deficiency balance if a car gets totaled, um, your insurance company pays for the cash value of the of, of the car, but most of the time you owe more than what the car is actually worth, so that gap is covered by gap insurance. Um, if you don't have gap insurance, you can total out your car, you know, and you can have a three or $4,000, maybe even more, maybe even less uh, payment that you still owe the bank because the bank is only gonna get paid what the car's worth, not what you owe. So it's like a supplemental insurance. A lot of people will skip the gap insurance. A lot of people will, um, I mean, they, they will consider gap insurance not to be worth it. Um, Good credit Joe tends to buy gap insurance because it's the safer bet, right? The the thing that good credit Joe is attempting to do is he's attempting, as you stated earlier, mitigate risk. You know, you, you don't you can't plan out every contingency or what what is gonna happen. But if you make good decisions and you start thinking about what the possibilities are, you protect yourself against, you know, the engine blowing up and you and you not having money to be able to cover that engine. Um, and, and that tends to happen a lot. If you notice, you know, good credit Joe, obviously he has good credit. He's, you know, because he takes care of his credit, he's going to go to a dealership and buy a car, whether it's new or used, he's going to buy a car that makes perfect sense. It's a good deal. It's something that he's willing to, to handle. Bad credit Joe tends to go to mom and pop dealer shops because they're cheaper. They Not can just afford. that, but because he has bad credit, they're the ones that are likely to finance him. Exactly. They're the ones that are likely to finance him. Um, but he's thinking in the short term. He's going to get the car that is going to be able to provide him with what I like to call uh, instant self-gratification. He's going to try to afford the shiniest car for the least amount of money that he can. And that's not necessarily a good choice because generally when you start talking about mom and pop shops, you know, those cars aren't necessarily in the tip-top shape. So he gets into this contract. It's already a bad deal. You know, interest rates are high. But the car itself is not in the best of shape. He also doesn't buy the warranty because most of them don't offer warranties, you know, unless you pay a lot of money to buy a limited 90-day warranty. Comes out with the car. Car tends to break down after a few months, and voila. So it's like setting himself up to likely fail exactly right not it, it's not going to implode on everybody but it, it is just going to 
it's likely going to happen. Um, and then it's likely going to put them in a further position of debt, whether it's debt because the car is completely upside down because he's got a high interest rate, so he's not paying it down as fast. You know, there's a lot of variables there. But ultimately, I think that the, the, the decision-making process is different between Good Credit Joe and Bad Credit Joe. Um, and so th that process is always on the front end of do I instant self-gratify myself now or do I sacrifice a little bit and build up to that car that I really, really want. Exactly. Um, you know, that's the name of the game. You you have to learn how to curve your desires. If you're just buying everything that you, you know, you feel is nice and you want to have, that's poor decision-making skills. You're, you're not going to set yourself up for the future. You're definitely not helping your credit because you're always just spending everything you have. And I think that where it really breaks down and I think where we see a very clear separation is in when we, we're talking about credit card utilization, right? So someone, it, it's it's literally a mindset because I see it. Um, I, I've taught financial literacy now for the last five years at the high school level. Um, and it's literally a mindset even before the children or the kids are exposed, teenagers actually are exposed to credit cards. And you think about it. So um, an 18 year old fresh out of high school, fresh adult, they are literally able to now get a credit card. Mm -hmm. And something is in the mindset of these teenagers where one of them will consider that credit card literally to be extra money. And they will literally go out and buy things that they normally wouldn't if they, they were spending cash. But since it's credit and they, it doesn't hurt them right now, they will overbuy or buy things that they w normally wouldn't buy on credit. And it's just, I can't pinpoint it. Uh, but it's just it literally, it's like in their DNA. They will literally uh, go overspend on credit and then you'll have those those kids who will be like almost scared or hesitant to do it they're mentally like i don't want to make that commitment because i don't know if i'm going to be able to follow through with it and it, it literally is a mindset um and I, I used to maybe attribute it to immaturity but it, it was completely like broken because i mean i guess you can have an 18 year old that's more mature than the other but ultimately it's just it boils down to the mindset of, of the of the teenager and maybe maybe it's naiveness they i don't know well no uh, one other thing that because we've noticed it i've noticed it a lot i mean as you said i've looked at tens of thousands of credit reports now i've done so many consultations and it generally the answers and the mindset of the person is the same when i start talking to an individual about why their credit is bad or why this account is in collections or what happened to make this account go into a delinquent state generally people with really really bad credit we're talking about 400s their mindset is they want to blame everybody else for every little thing on their credit report. They don't own up to their mistakes and they don't own up that they actually had a part in, in getting this credit score to 490. People that have, you know, in the five 500s, low 600s, you know, things tend to happen. They, they may have some, some flaws, but they don't think the same way. And you can see that just in a 100-point credit score difference. You know, people that are in the five high, high 590s or low 600s, something actually happened. Some catastrophic event happened to put their score that way. But when you're in the 400s, you generally blame everybody else. You don't own up to your mistakes. And that is a difference in mentality. Yeah, it is, it is a difference in mentality. And to kind of Give an example of that um, for you guys. If you ever see a 400 credit score or if you have a 400 credit score right now, 
It's not that we're attacking you personally. No, we are not. It's it's what it is is a 400 credit score means that you're late on things right now. Correct. That, that's the only way that you have a 400 credit score is if you're listening to the show and you are late on your car payment right now. You are late on your credit cards right now. You and got, you have a few collections as you well. Know, you got a few collections on there. I mean, everything that's bad on your credit is happening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, a 590 or 580 credit score generally is all the bad stuff happened at a year ago or two years ago. And now you're in a position where you're like, all right, I went through some crap. I got a divorce. I got laid off. I had to go bankrupt. I got really, really sick. And I, and I went through this and I stopped paying my bills. But now I'm in a better financial position and I, I want to take care of that stuff. Th that's going to be generally the difference between those two credit score ranges. And, and they've been taking care of it since, you know, the situation that caused them to, to default. It's an, it's an isolated incident. So exactly. you look at a credit report, a credit report goes back seven to 10 years of history and you look at it and you go, okay, uh, this is an isolated incident. You got really sick in the summer of 2014. Like we can see it right off the bat. And a 400 credit score is generally going to be ongoing. They're just going to have new negative stuff popping up all the time. One of the things that you mentioned is also the mentality of these, uh, of, of, of bad credit Joe is that they tend to, lend their name out like the, oh what yes. I mean by that is they co-sign for people uh, exactly um the difference between an 850 mindset and someone who doesn't have an 850 mindset in one sense can be uh, selfishness now it's not a negative selfishness but a person with an 850 mindset is going to take care of his credit because his credit he knows is his name and his name is valuable it means something so they're going to guard their name or their credit, you know, to the full extent that they can. Whereas bad credit Joe, he doesn't care. Bad credit Joe in maybe, in, I don't know, I don't know if this is the reason why this is just a supposition, but, or an assumption, but, you know, he just wants to gratify himself by maybe helping out a buddy, you know, uh, to ingratiate himself or something, you know, help out some family member and he's going to lend his name out because he doesn't care. And that's a very old school mentality that sometimes we see people make not necessarily with the the mentality of, well, my credit score is precious or I, I don't want to put my credit score at risk, but it's the mentality that a man's word is his bond. Right? It's, like, it was just true. And it's an old school saying, it's an old school mentality that if I commit to something, you know, that is, I'm only as good as my word and I'm going to follow through with it. And ultimately that will translate to a credit contract where you sign for somebody you get a credit card and you know that that you you promise that you're going to pay back or you're going to pay this as agreed. And that is your bond. Um, and that kind of mentality is that is that good credit mentality. It is. You're not going to commit to something that, you know, you can't fulfill. Or if you commit to something, you will fulfill it no matter what. Exactly. Um, and we've seen some of the most humble people that make very low income. Right. Um, and they just have incredible credit because they don't take on debt that they're not supposed to or that they're not comfortable with. And if they do take on something on, they are so committed to paying as agreed and paying it off as soon as possible that their credit score reflects that. You can have an 840 credit score and have minimum wage income. And you can also, we, and we've also seen it, people that make six figures or more a year and they have just awful credit. I, this came to me and I learned this very young before I even actually got involved with credit repair or, or even collection side, it shocked me like no other. The, the best credit score I've ever seen was when I was selling, you know, door to door, 
uh, and I, I, I looked at an individual's home and I, I prejudged them because the individual's home looked like garbage. It literally looked like garbage. I mean, I'm not kidding. I stepped up to his table and there was roaches on his table and I'm having to slide the roaches off the table just to get into an agreement. But you know what this man told me? This man told me, you know what, son, everything I have, I own. I don't owe a single penny and I pay for everything. We went through the financing. This man had an 850 credit score. He had a perfect credit score. And this guy was on SSI. It humbled me like no other. I, I From that day is when I realized that it doesn't necessarily matter how much money you make. As long as you're true to your word and you take care of your obligations, you will have a very good credit score. And this man showed that to me and I've taken it to heart ever since. So, you know, he's very responsible. He takes care of what what he's agreed to. And that's how you have a great credit score. Now, you know, we're 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 kind of um, really focused on, obviously, uh, the general public as far as like, OK, guys, if you. In order for you to have good credit, you have to pay your bills on time. Sure. Right? If you're if you're an extra credit show listener, I think we've probably drilled it into your head. You have to pay your bills on time, right? That is the number one secret to good credit. But really, if there's a, a takeaway to this show or to this episode particularly, is that the mindset is so important in the sense that it, it translates in all facets of your life. So if you want to have good credit, you got to pay your bills on time. You also have to spend less than you earn. Exactly. And you, you reference that a lot as just living below your means. I like to say just spending less than you earn. Um, but regardless, um, because I've consulted with so many people one-on-one, -on -one, I found that people with bad credit tend to spend money before they get it, <laughs> right? Like seriously, like they, I mean, it is right now, it's May, 2018. And I've, I've been talking to people who are already spending next year's tax refund. <laughs> And it's like, we well, haven't even received that money yet. How are we planning, making plans to spend that money right now? You don't, you don't even have it. People are just barely getting their tax refunds from this year. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, let's change your mindset a little bit. And let's not even think about spending next year's tax refund yet. You don't even have it. And that translates to a lot of things because they can be spending next week's paycheck, right? And then they're, they're stuck in this payday loan trap. Um, or they could be using credit cards to make ends meet until next week's paycheck. And that is literally, if you're doing that, you are spending your paycheck before you even get it. Or when you get your paycheck, you immediately spend it and then you don't have anything else left over until the next paycheck. And that is what everybody knows as living paycheck to paycheck. It's consumerism, you, you know, generally. And again, this is a generalization, but you want the next shiny new toy and you, you feel like you got to have it. And so you go and buy it without thinking of what the consequences are. In this case, the consequences being you're living paycheck to paycheck. You're always spending before you even earn. So how much of all of this, you know, decision, decision errors would you attribute to, um, say, not being naive? being ignorant or just being like uninformed i have to say that a lot of it does have to do with being uninformed you know and, and let me add one more naive ignorant uninformed or lack of discipline a combination of uninformed and lack of discipline you know being naive uh, all that good stuff you know th that stuff comes with being uninformed 
and it's true that most of this financial decision-making isn't taught at schools, unfortunately. That's why I'm, it's a good thing that you go and you speak, you have for your financially, financial literary course for these high schoolers. I think you're doing a great service for the community, and, and I commend you for that. Uh, maybe I need to get into that too. Um, but if you don't know how things work, you're never going to get better. And that's what we're here attempting to teach you, you know, through the Extra Credit Show is how things work. You, you need to be informed to know how to work the system, if you will. Um, and then discipline also comes with, with knowledge. You know, just because, just because you know doesn't mean that you're going to put it into practice. Just like, you know, I know or everybody knows that exercising is good for you, keeps you healthy, but not everybody does it, you know. So it's a combination of uninformed and poor decision making. And... This this whole thing happened because we see people at different stages of their lives with bad credit problems. So, I mean, we have clients that are in their 20s, we have clients that are in their 30s, and we have clients that are in their 40s. And most of the time, they're in a bad credit situation because of these poor decisions. And a lot of the times, the the mindset on the recovery is, if I knew now what I if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't be in this problem. Very true. And so. Oftentimes, you know, you'll make a mistake in your 20s and then you'll recover in your 30s or you make the mistakes in your 30s and recover in your 40s. Like it's it's just that kind of mindset that now to interrupt you there. Sorry to interrupt you. But when I when you hear that I'm in my 30s now, you know, if I if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done it. But generally, what do they tell you they do in their 20s that cause them to get bad credit in their 30s. I was out partying. I was out having fun. I didn't really care. But now, you know, I'm older and I realize those were all mistakes. Is that not what you hear? Yeah. I mean, that is generally, you know, the the sequence of events that happens. They, they finance a vacation on a credit card in their 20s and now they couldn't pay for it. So now it's in collections. And obviously, you all know what happens when you go get sent to collections. You know, a bunch of bad things can happen for that. But um, that's good. But the person that that maybe saved up for their vacation and they didn't take a vacation in their 20s, but now they took a vacation in their 30s and they didn't have to finance it, they're not going to have any credit problems. They're going to be able to go enjoy their vacation, come back, and everything's going to be good. Um, and they're not going to have any bad credit problems. Um, and, you know, you turn that around, someone that financed a vacation in their 20s literally stopped paying for their credit card. Now they have bad credit in their 30s. Like, it's, it's just bad decision making it's instant gratification versus delayed gratification exactly instant gratification i you i cannot stress that enough guys you know i everybody wants to have good stuff everybody wants to do it but you have to learn when and how to obtain you know you have to sacrifice you have to save you have to you have to make the right decisions to be able to obtain this other than just getting it all now 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 there's there's plenty of people in their 20s with a great credit of course we just don't see them because we're not in the <laughs> business of consulting people with good credit if you have good credit you generally have haven't seen us you haven't talked to us so you know this is coming from an angle of we see people day in and day out with with poor credit and it does not discriminate it doesn't discriminate age it doesn't discriminate income because we have some very high income earners with very poor credit. Yes. We have some very low income earners that we've seen that have really, really good credit. Um, so it's just, again, it always boils down to the mindset, understanding like, okay, do I overbuy because I can pay for it over time? Or do I buy within my means, um, even though it's not going to be the the best of the best? You know, and it's, are you going to get the new iPhone X or are you going to get the, the iPhone below that? You know, because it's going to be... The eight it's going to be cheaper, right? Are you going to get 
a brand new Honda or are you going to get a used BMW? Like mm -hmm. w the, the, that's the difference in the mindset of good credit Joe versus bad credit Joe. And it's not to pick on anybody named Joe. It's just a general name that we can think of. But we really figured out that it's just really it boils down to the mindset. Now, of course, there's like life happens. So, I mean, bad stuff could happen to good credit Joe. Good credit Joe could get divorced. He could get laid off. He could go bankrupt. But if any of those things happen to him, he has less obligations to go, to that could go bad because he doesn't carry debt or carries very, very little debt. You know, and if that same life event could happen to bad credit Joe, everything's going to implode because he's carrying a lot of debt. He's carrying balances on his credit card. He's got a high car payment. He's got furniture loans. He's got, you know, student loans, probably has child support. Like it's just a lot of debt that can go wrong or can go into default versus good credit Joe that if shit hits the fan and life happens to him because life does happen, um, a lot less things are going to go into default because he's carrying a lot less debt. So it's true. It's true. You just, again, live within your means or spend less than you earn, however you want to place it. Um, that would be one good way uh, to, to be in that 850 mentality. Um, just don't don't buy every shiny new thing you see. You know, I, what good is this iPhone X going to do you now uh, spending over a thousand dollars if next year something new is going to come out? Then you're going to want that, too. You know, it, it makes no sense. And everyone's getting them because you can finance those darn phones. Yeah. So now that you can finance the cell phones, you can easily get the new phone every year because it's just built into your cell phone payment. And now, you know, so you have these like when you think about exactly when credit began, you know, and this is going taking it way back. Credit really got mainstream when they invented the, the washer and the dryer. That's really <laughs> when it hit mainstream. When the washer and dryer was invented, which was like the 1920s, um, people couldn't afford to buy them. Like they would buy everything else. So then that was finance. And they would, you know, they literally call it, I bought my washer on time. Mm -hmm. Actually, not dryer because they invented washers first and then dryers were invented way later. So when the washing machine was invented, you would buy it on time. And that's when the credit system really, really took off because people bought washers on time. And then cars were made out and people bought cars on time. And so there began the birth of this credit system, which is instant gratification. Instead of saving up to buy your washer, you could buy it now and pay us later. And in the meantime, you get to pay us interest. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the birth of the system. And that exact system and that exact concept is in it now. Why save up to buy the iPhone X? By the time you're done, by the time you're done saving up, the new phone is out. Mm. Uh, so just buy it now and pay us over time, mm -hmm. right? And and, th and there it is. And it's the same thing. Why buy a used car when you can buy a new car and pay us over time? And and it's everything. You can finance everything. You can finance a mattress. You can finance furniture. You. Can, you can finance anything that you want. You can finance now with the mainstream of credit cards. So just think about it like that, guys. Like it's, it's, can you sacrifice right now in the short term for major gains in the long term? Short term play, long term play. In this case, you know, everything you've been describing, good credit Joe tends to look at all the options. He tends to look at, is it really worth financing? Not only that, he's going to look at the terms of the financing. What's the interest rate on this? Does, does it even benefit me? And he's going to, again, he's going to think long term, not just, is am I going to get this phone now? Whereas Bad Credit Joe tends to not care. Bad Credit Joe wants the shiny new iPhone X so he can go brag about it. 
and he's going to finance it. And chances are he's just not going to finish paying it off before he decides to get the next new shiny phone next year. It, it, again, this is generalizing, but it's what we tend to see. So it does happen a lot more often than not. So if you're listening to the show and you, they have an iPhone X, what do you say to them? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know yet, uh, but I have been reading that iPhone X has been having a lot of issues re recently. You so know, not not it's, it was a joke, you know, not really to <laughs> knock on you if you have an iPhone X. It, it's just what we use as real world examples of, uh -huh. of how someone can make poor decision making on things that we use every day. Huh. Because it's not like, you know, bad credit, bad credit decisions are made on odd items. You know, the decisions are made on items that we use every day. Mm -hmm. And it's just it, again, it, it just boils down to instant gratification versus long term gratification. It. And it really applies to every area of life. We're just kind of experts in the credit system and the in the consumer credit space. But you can apply instant gratification versus delayed gratification to everything. I would say, why don't you why don't you chew out Apple and ask him what happened to the iPhone nine? I'm skipping two generations. I mean, you know, it, it's just it's just tech, right? You know, you can it's 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 instant gratification delayed gratification, which one are you going to pick? Because we know what good credit Joe tends to pick most of the time. And, you know, it, again, it's just kind of the mindset. Um, a lot of people can afford the iPhone X. They choose to buy a lesser phone. Um, a lot of people finance the iPhone X and everything works out just fine. It's, it's not saying that, you know, if you have an iPhone X, you're going to bad things are going to happen no. to you. But it, it, it just boils down to the mindset of someone, you know, that hedges themselves a little bit or mitigates their risk a little bit. Yeah, if you can afford to buy the iPhone X and not sweat it, that's fine, you know. I mean, great, have a nice, shiny new phone. But if you can't afford it, if you're financing the iPhone X, you know, it's a different story. Make sure you, you make an informed decision on whether it's really worth it for you or not. I'm going to give you this argument because I think a lot of people will probably have this argument. And I kind of, uh, 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 no, there's no interest on the financing of the phones. Mm -hmm. So if you buy a phone through a carrier right now, they literally just break it up in 30 installments over time. Sure. Uh, and there's no interest. So you could buy an iPhone X or an iPhone 8 and pay no interest on either one. Sure. Um, so the only difference then would just be the cost over time. No, that's not the only difference. Okay. I've already given the example at the very beginning of this episode, how if that phone breaks, you know, and you don't have insurance on it, which it tends to happen a lot to bad credit Joe, that phone still needs to get paid. But you're not going to want to pay it because you no longer have a phone to be able to provide you service. You're going to let it go. And guess what? Now you have that debt looming over your head. And you're going to go to next cell phone carrier and they're going to see this new collection. They're going to give you worse terms. So then the example then goes if you, with that same example, the difference in cost between an iPhone X and an iPhone 8 is going to be that you, good credit Joe will get an iPhone 8 and then with with the savings, he will mitigate his risk by buying insurance and a good case. It's really, I guess, is that what I'm getting? Sure. But but he could do the same with iPhone, uh, with the iPhone X too. Um, the, the point is the difference between financing an iPhone X and not finding an iPhone X or, or financing an iPhone 8 and not financing an iPhone 8 is the cost. With the savings that he gets from the iPhone 8, as you stated, he can pay it off faster. He won't have that liability for as long. Um, okay, another one for you then. Uh, since they don't charge interest on the phones, do you uh, pay for the phones cash or do you pay for them over time since they're interest-free? That goes to the whole 
What can you afford? Are you living below your means or are you not living below your means? If you can afford to buy an iPhone 8, why not? Get rid of the debt, you know, because that's going to mitigate your risk if something drastic happens and you can no longer pay for the phone. Now, if you can't, then, you know, make a decision. Can I really afford to finance this iPhone X over this iPhone 8? I think that's going to be our closing thought is that um, good credit, Joe, even though it's low interest, he'd rather not have the payment. Exactly. Versus bad credit, Joe, he'd rather have the money now. Mm -hmm. Instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. Good credit, Joe thinks, okay, uh, I'm going to get rid of the money. I've saved it. I'm going to get rid of it. So I don't have the payment. And that could be a delayed gratification because he's not going to get a big gratification because he's losing cash Mm -hmm. versus bad credit. Joe gets instant gratification because he gets a phone and he keeps a thousand bucks. And if you think about it, you know, good credit, Joe not only made the decision to get rid of his debt to reduce mitigation, but he's opened up options for himself. Once you own the phone, you can go to any provider you want period you can sell it you can sell it you yeah. can do all kinds of you stuff you can sell with the it. phone and get money back so it's just mindset guys and you know we want we really wanted to deliver that point bring it home you know do a self audit figure out all right so am i just kind of um living above my means or spending my money as soon as i get it or spending my money before i get it am i am i overbuying because i'm buying on time um you know we really want you to take a a, a deep look at at how and why your thought process is the way that it is. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know why people think certain ways. I just know that over time, uh, people tend to learn from their mistakes and change their habits a little bit. But even then, it's not a full, full change. Um, so, you know, just kind of think about it, guys, because this is what we're seeing um, as credit consultants. We see it's the habits we notice when we look at credit scores. It's, it's you know, and it's it's just habits and we've categorized them into good credit Joe and bad credit Joe for you guys. So uh, that's about it for this week's show. Mm-hmm. That Yeah, pretty much. So for today's um, extra credit task of the week, do a little self-reflection. You know, are, are you are you attempting to live above your means? And if so, what can you do to change that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where in all aspects of your life, this can have potentially positive benefits. So um, spend less than you earn, pay your bills on time, and you will never have a credit score problem. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.